I enjoy the name of this room today. I do too, because it's true. And it was awesome. And, and it was awesome. So this was on its way. Yeah, so was this SEC Media Days that was happening? No, so Nick Saban, I don't know what he was at. He was at some, it looks like some booster dinner or just some dinner he had to be at. And they gave him a mic and told him to talk, and he just said some stupid things. And then Jimbo Fisher addressed them, and Deion Sanders addressed them. And it's just awesome because I love rivalries in college football. I love how stupid this sport is, how one one side is yelling that the other side is cheating, but the other side is also cheating. And it's just awesome. It's Everything about it is great. Just because Nick Saban, the man who has benefited off this doing what – He's alleging Jimbo Fisher is doing in silence for the past decade is now saying Jimbo Fisher is a bad coach or a bad or whatever he was trying to imply because Texas A&M bought players, which is what Alabama has been doing yeah. for 10 years. Yeah, and the best part of this is is that this is right on the heels of the year that Texas A&M beat Alabama head-to-head Yes, making that the first time that any one of Saban's disciples had ever take had ever beaten him uh, head to head, and then when, it actually happened twice in the same year because Kirby yeah. ended up doing it in the championship game. When did but, Jimbo? When was Jimbo at Alabama? Uh before Florida State. So we're talking like like the beginning of Saban at Alabama. No, he's when, at LSU. Oh, oh, man. Uh, Saban. He was the OC and quarterback coach from 2000 to 2006. Then he was the Florida State OC from 7 to 9. And then from 10 to 17, he was Florida State head coach. Mm. Very interesting. Well, I, um, I'm i very curious because these two do play each other. I'm mm. very, very curious to see what happens with this game. But uh, I, I think I've said this before that one of the – Radio, one of the many radio shows slash podcasts that I listen to um, is one out of Detroit because I just think the hosts are funny and the, their podcasts are only like 10 minute segments, so I can just listen to what I need to. It's not that much of a commitment. But one of the guys on the show is a guy who used to be a Michigan State beat writer because, uh, for recruiting. So he's got a bunch of connections in the world of college football and basketball recruiting. And he said on the air that he uh, talked to some of his buddies, didn't, didn't name any names, but the, the rumor mill was that all of these big-time recruits, because as those of us who have been paying attention to recruiting know, uh, Texas A&M's recruiting class was like completely outlandish as far as how good it was this year. Yes. Basically, if Texas A&M was in your final three or your final five, you were going there. Is how it turned out. So he said that the rumor is that as soon as as soon as these recruits were signing on the dotted line, committing to these schools, they were instantly getting about three hundred thousand dollars worth of NIL. So definitely against the rules. The rules, as Nick Saban laid out for us, you are not allowed to prearrange. NIL deals as part of your recruitment pitch. Basically, that's supposed to happen. Any NIL. It's supposed to take place once you're already on campus because, by the way, that's the way it should be because all these cash cows in Texas, both A&M and just the University of Texas, although the Longhorns can use all the help they can get, 
um, th- then that's just going to then there's just no competition whatsoever if you're allowed to prearrange it. So uh, that's definitely, I I do agree with Nick Saban and my skepticism about whether or not Jimbo Fisher was doing this completely with complete integrity. But at the same time, I also think that there's a good chance at some point in time or another, Nick Saban's probably done the same thing. I don't think he's, maybe he's done it recently, I don't know. But I don't think he's really needed to recently because his program basically recruits itself because it's just so successful. Well, but I, go ahead. Why, why do you think they recruit so well? Because they just win a bunch and they put a bu- lot of guys in the NFL, and I think that's just very, very that's and because they're they are synonymous with college football, even though. True. Even though Georgia right now is the top dog, I still think that when you think of college football and just, you know, who's the champion of college football, it's still Alabama and Nick Saban. I think they've just been synonymous together with, I I don't know, for the past, like, decade, basically. Yeah. Um, And by the way, that week they played Texas A&M. It's it's like just a great week week of football. It's a great college football Saturday. Oh, what do we got? We got A and M and A and M in Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, LSU, Tennessee. I'm, I hate how ESPN orders this because now I got to look through all the bad matchups. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma, um, Ohio State, Michigan State. I thought there was one more, but I'm sure there's more that I'm looking at, but I'm just don't that'll become great. Like there's games like um, Arkansas, Mississippi state. That has a chance to be good. Texas tech and Oklahoma state, mm-hmm. uh, BYU, Notre Dame. Um, I, I know personally, I can't wait for Iowa and Illinois. Oh yeah. That'll, uh, that, that big 17 to 13 mm-hmm. final score that we're all going to be I watching can't wait for it. Oh yeah. I can't wait to watch um, the big 10 network. Uh, let's see. Clemson Boston College could be interesting. Yeah. Fresno State, Boise State's pretty good. Uh that sounds like a game you will be betting on. It probably will be. You know, Fresno State was my early season darling. Yeah, I, I remember. They um they had that quarterback and then he went down Jay with Kaner. an injury or something and then beat UCLA while injured. Yeah, Jay Kaner. I think he's back. Because he was supposedly transferring to Washington, and then he just never did. And uh, is Jeff Tedford Florida, Fresno State's new head coach? Am I am I remembering that correctly? Um, I, I think I think Fresno State just got a new head coach, but I'm not. They did because their old coach went to Washington, and that's where Hayner was going to go. Go fo- was going to go follow him, but he didn't. No, he didn't for whatever reason. I remember it was weird because he pulled out of the portal, or he entered the portal with a couple games left in the regular season, so the backup quarterback was playing, and then he got out of the portal in time for the bowl game and played in the bowl game. Are you not allowed to play while in the portal? No, you are. He chose not to. Uh, I think he was just... So he was like pretty sure that he was going to leave, and then he changed his yeah. mind. Yeah, he changed his mind. thought Washington was ass. Well, 
I, he's not he's not wrong. <laughs> I'll tell you what. They have a very awesome stadium. Yeah, right very on the awesome. right on the water. Yeah, it's just a very just watching it. It's like a good stadium to watch on TV. Oh yeah, it it, it really is. I um Notre Dame played there like way back when, but when I was a child and I remember that was a good stadium to watch. But there's um oh there's got to be I don't know. Ohio State has I think Ohio State they were going to travel to Oregon. They had let's see. Do we have any home and homes coming up with, on the West Coast? I know Notre Dame has Cal this year. Maybe I don't know if they travel to Cal next year. Although Notre I don't that. Yeah, um because I'm trying to think of all of our home and homes. We have um you you guys have Alabama and Georgia and Texas yeah. all coming up. Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Notre Dame has I think we have Alabama coming up too. Actually I know you do. And there's a one year of crossover, so I forget who comes first, but there is a year where Alabama plays both Notre Dame and Ohio State in the same year. Oh, yeah, that is true. I remember it's like, uh, You guys either... play Clemson every year now? Um, no. Well, you didn't last year, but... Yeah, uh, well... What's the relate? I know it's like the ACC connection, but how how are they scheduling that? We basically have five ACC games a year, so it's like we're half in the conference. Yeah. That's our... Um, that was our agreement in order to maintain our independence, but, just, but play in the ACC and basketball is that we had to have half of an ACC schedule. It doesn't make sense that they do the ACC. It just doesn't. Uh, they're Remember, getting they're, rid of... They're literally in the heart of Big Ten country. Um, I don't know. Uh, they well, do Rocky. Yeah, man, we're all over the place. But the ACC is going to get rid of uh, divisions, which Isn't I support. Everybody now? Well, the Big Ten is the one that we're not sure about. I think the Big Twelve is getting rid of them too. So it's all up to the the legends and leaders. Who can forget? Let's see. I'm looking at Notre Dame's future out of out of conference opponents now. You guys have next year. You have Navy. That's not out of conference, but you have Tennessee State, Central Michigan, Ohio State. And Clemson, and then 2024, you go to A and M. Oh, great! I forgot and, about that. I completely ooh, and, forgot we did that. Gosh darn it! Yeah, and you're starting up. You're restarting the Notre Dame versus Purdue rivalry that year. Ooh, Golden Shillelagh, yeah. or something Shillelagh. Jewel yeah. Shillelagh is what what it was. No, Jewel Shillelagh is USC. Uh, 2024, you go to oh, Purdue. Well, 2025, Purdue comes to you. And Texas A- Oh, 2025 is a tough yes. schedule. You got Texas, Texas A&M at home, Purdue at home, at Arkansas. That's tough. Ooh, Sam Pittman's good. I hope he uh, goes somewhere else by then. I hope someone steals yeah. him because he's good. Uh, 2026, you run it back with Wisconsin and Green Bay again. Oh, yeah, making up for the 2020 missed game. Yeah. 2027, nothing. 2028 is when you start, or no, 2029 is when you start Alabama. Hmm, okay. That might be where the crossover is then. You guys must go first. Um, I know that we have, I believe it's 2035. It's the uh, 
the game that everyone's been waiting for in the Midwest, the a team from the Southeast is coming up to South Bend in November. Uh, the Florida Gators are coming to South Bend, I believe, in November of 2035, which uh, I- I'm so glad. Or maybe 2031. It doesn't hey. say. Check 2031. Yeah, okay. Um, and it should be I, – I, I think it's going to be in November. I thought I heard yeah, someone say – Yeah, the 15th. Yeah, they already got a schedule, so there you go. The, uh, all of the Midwest is going to be rooting for Notre Dame that week. Because an SEC team finally is going to have to play a game of the cold. It's about time. Well, Auburn came to Penn State last year. But that was earlier in the season. That was so week, was like, cold. two. Yeah. That's a good – that'll be a good matchup this year. Let's see. I think Alabama went to Penn State in, like, 2011. Yes, they did. I do remember that. That was one of their last games where they actually had, like, an actual challenging road game out of conference. So Ohio State and Notre Dame are never both on the Alabama schedule. Oh, I must have. Twenty twenty seven and twenty twenty eight is when Alabama plays Ohio State, and twenty twenty nine, twenty thirty is when they play Notre Dame. Oh, they! I I swear they must. They do have Oklahoma State and Notre Dame in the same season. All right, well that's a a decent. And they have Ohio State and Oklahoma State in the same season as well. Hmm. All right. That's that's all right. Those are decent opponents. God, Ohio State has a wagon of teams coming up. Who we got? Let's see. Well, Alabama and Georgia and Texas. By the way, Alabama, Texas. Um, I I appreciate that that's gonna be a true home and home. Although I gotta ask, um, and this little preview for what the what's to come in the SEC for Texas. So uh, this will definitely right. be something that Longhorns fans will be disappointed about when they get crushed. But What's the um, when did Ohio State and TCU go from a home and home to a one neutral site game? Because I'm I'm still worried that that's going to somehow happen because it tends to be the case with these big non conference games. Although actually, uh, no, the the TV. Well, actually, go ahead. No, I was going to say I do not remember why it was only a neutral site game. I just, I just want to make sure. I, I because the TV contract it's already set. It's going to be a big noon kickoff. But I want to make sure that this actually holds through because I remember Ohio State and TCU. It felt like a last minute decision. It was. Um, which, uh, well, I don't that, that that could turn into a Jerry World game or something. Uh, I'm sure Jerry Jones will turn on the lights for that game, but. Now, if if there's a game between two blue bloods, it needs to be a home and home. It absolutely has to be because college football needs it. Yeah, well, that and it's just so much cooler when one team has the home field advantage. And neutral site games kind of suck, for being honest. I agree. Yet they happen every year, and except for like championship game, because obviously those have to be neutral site, but. I I agree. Ohio State has Texas starting in 2025. Then 2027 is Alabama. 2030 is Georgia. 2032 is Oregon again. And then we have 
We got Youngstown State next year. Oh, great. Throwback to 2006 or 7, whenever that was. And Western Kentucky. We got Gauntlet this year. Bring back or Northern Illinois. Oh, baby. You guys they almost beat play us. them all the time. They almost beat us one year. Garrett Wolf. Was, was, that, was that the running back? What's his name? Wait, 2015? Yeah. Northern they Illinois? State and we like beat them by like seven. Really? Let me get the exact. It was really, it was really bad. Cardell Jones sucked in that game. Let's see. He's still. Yeah, the last matchup was September nineteenth, twenty fifteen. We beat them twenty to thirteen at Columbus. Twenty fifth. This was the right off the championship season. Yeah, it was bad. That's really bad. Oh my goodness! Was it, was this like week two? Because week one, you guys you guys played the Thursday nighter at Virginia Tech. That was the um, that was back when Vine was still a thing. Because I remember their quarterback uh, got hurt, and then there was a video of him at halftime saying, "Gonna take a lot more than that to knock me out of this game." And then like, oh yeah, I in the that. third quarter, he got drilled again, and I get I actually got knocked out. Yes, he did. Yeah, twenty to thirteen in Northern Illinois. The difference in the game was like somebody had a wonky pick six for Ohio State too. Oh, that's always how it goes. Lucky. <laughs> the passing leader in that game, JT Barrett, ninety-seven yards. Um, that sounds like Michigan State. <laughs> uh, that's not even the luck. His lowest total is actually that Michigan State game. J.T. Nine. Barrett had 46 yards passing. That was 46? Yeah, he also led the game in rushing yards with 44. Wow. I thought he – now, I I know I knew that his passing was awful that game, but I did think that he got a lot of rushing yards, like over 100 or something. Apparently not. No, yeah, apparently not. Let's see. Were they just well, like... that's just Ohio State. That wasn't the game leader, but... Oh. Was Ezekiel every... Elliott, a very productive 12 carries for 33 yards. And a very productive commitment to the NFL draft in, in the postgame. Yeah, shortly after the game. <laughs> He's like, like just bawling his eyes out. Like, I'm not coming back here, man. He's I'm like, going well, straight to the I'm NFL. Back. Yeah. <laughs> Only five players had receptions for both teams. That's awesome. Only one player from Michigan State had over two receptions. Or over one reception, I should say. I don't know what in the world. Were they just, like, snapping every ball with one second left on the play clock? Let's see. It almost sounds like there weren't even enough plays for this game to have occurred. Michigan State had 38 minutes of possession. Ohio State had 21 minutes. I don't know. Or 22 minutes. Ohio State had five first downs the entire game. That is miserable. How how does that like that doesn't even seem like it's possible? Would this will be a fun conversation? What are some of your favorite home and homes of all time? And by all time, I mean obviously our childhood. Let's see. Let's see. Ohio State has had some bad luck with home and homes. Um, USC when I was younger, they killed oh. us all the time. Well, no, 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 no. They yeah. killed us the one time, yeah. They killed you yeah, guys at USC. USC, and then it was a barn burner. I think they 
had like a game-winning touchdown run with like under two minutes USC to go. USC won on like a big – it was like a 90-yard touchdown drive, I think, to win it. It was a low-scoring game too, but yeah, that first one – That was – it was like 35-3. to three. Yeah, that was um, – gosh, that wasn't the – that was the year after you guys went to the championship, right? Was that Terrell Pryor's first year? That was Terrell Pryor's first year. I don't think Terrell Pryor started that game, though. I think that's when they were still going with Bowerman or whatever his name was. I, can't, I tend to Todd block Beckman. him out of my memory. Yeah, Todd Beckman. Or no, not to, Beckman started the championship year. Um, the next year was Joe Bowerman. Or no, was that? Bowser, no, no, Bowserman was with Braxton Miller. That's what I was thinking. 2008. Because, okay, Todd Beckman must have started two years. Because I, I remember, did, but he started the championship. He also was the starter against the against Texas in the Fiesta Bowl. That's right, he was. Because I know that because Terrell Pryor caught a touchdown pass. That's Yep, you're exactly right. Terrell Pryor, Terrell Pryor wasn't the full-time starter yet. And then Beckman was so bad in that game that Terrell Pryor came in and played a little bit. And that's where Terrell Pryor kind of like took over. Gotcha. And then the next year must have been his first full year. Yeah. I'm looking at this team. The, uh, the, Ohio, the, the USC home game for you guys. Yeah. Joe McKnight ran all over us. Rest in peace. Yeah. Fucking Mark Sanchez. Um, yeah, and his and then the next year was uh, Barkley in, in Columbus. Yeah, and he was an enormous recruit, so that was a yeah, big was. game for him. Um, who else? Who else has Ohio State played in a home and home? Miami. Yes, they that's played. right. Because they had a big thing on Terrell Pryor and Ja'Cory Harris. Yep. Um, I just I, remember because the first year it was in Columbus, and it was the year LeBron went to Miami, and LeBron was there, and he got like an hour of camera time. Uh, I'm not surprised in the slightest of that. Um, that was back when I hated LeBron. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, man, in Columbus, Ohio, I went to elementary school where there were a lot of LeBron Cavaliers jerseys, and I went to a middle school where there were a, Le- a lot of LeBron Heat jerseys. So I'm pretty sure that was all over Ohio because it was the same thing for me almost. I, I, I bet you so. There was, a, and I'm sure that you were not participating whatsoever in any <laughs> no, LeBron. No, I wasn't. You weren't. You weren't a fan of the Heatles, as they were called. No, I remember my my one friend Jamar. He was a big LeBron fan, and he he was he was one of those that like followed him to Miami and would just root for LeBron. And every day I would come into class and we would just talk basketball, and I would always be like, "This is the year LeBron's going down." Like I was like every year, like this is the year the Pacers take down LeBron, and they just never did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lance Stevenson is gonna blow him right over. Yeah. Paul George, Roy Hibbert, and Lance Stevenson. This is the year, and then they just never did. Well, hey, if uh, if you substituted Carmelo Anthony for LeBron James in that conversation, you would have been hey. correct almost every year. Oh, poor Melo. Hey, I was a Knicks fan at the time too. I was oh, like brother. So uh, yeah, I um. I uh, I was a Knicks fan, like an actual Knicks fan too. I have since uh, given up my allegiance after the Probably. Phil Jackson era. I uh, I lost my fandom, and I've since just become kind of a a bit of a freelancer, kind of just yeah. a fan of the league type guy. Uh, I'm kind kind of like a like a UFC fan, just just a there fan of go. the league. That's how uh, that typically That's goes. How I but hockey. I um I was. Very, very, very. Well, no, you're a Blackhawks fan. I am. That's true. 
But I was very confused and very upset when uh, the, those Pacers teams just came out of nowhere and made back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals in 13 and 14. And the Knicks were nowhere to be found. No, they weren't. They made the playoffs once with Carmelo Anthony. They or did? twice. Did they make it twice? No, no, no. It had to have been twice because they, they played the Heat in a first round one time. That yeah. was the... Uh, that was the highlight where J.R. Smith did that like up and under double clutch windmill dunk oh, yeah. against the Heat. That was one series, and there was another series where they did lose to the Pacers. So it had to have been at least two. Yeah, they went. Into, they they were. Did they win a series? Uh, ha- they had to have won a series before they lost to the Pacers. So I'll say they won one, and then let's see. They, wow! If they only won because they played the Heat in the first round. Yeah. Um, oh, that was when uh, Amari Stoudemire broke his hand punching out the fire extinguisher. That's right. I think that was against the Heat in in a first round. So there's a chance that Carmelo Anthony only won one playoff series. Yeah, he in went New to, York. They went to the playoffs three times under Melo in 2011, 2012, and 2013. They lost in the first round the first two years. And then in 13, when they were the two seed, they lost in the semifinals. Yep, Indiana got them. That was the year they stole a vote away from LeBron from being the first unanimous MVP, and they gave it to Melo. Yeah, that was... That, uh, was, that was... Well, it, Shaq should have been the first unanimous. He got a vote stolen from him. I can't remember to who, but... Um. I don't know, but I know that Shaq likes to complain about how Steve Nash sold two MVPs entirely from him. I would argue he stole them from Kobe. Well, that's that's what a lot of people like to argue. Um, I don't know. I think he stole it from Derrick Rose, to be honest. I think he should have won it every year. Derrick Rose? Yeah, Derrick Rose was grinding away in middle school or high school then. Hey, preparing to be a future Cavalier. Hmm. <laughs> Must we forget? Speaking of the basketball, yeah, exactly. What Dallas? Go ahead. Dead. Uh, I know they're dead, and the the Warriors are going back to the finals. And uh, this Jordan. Po- I I, mm, I want the Heat to win because again, they're kind of just a bunch of plucky underdogs. And that's not supposed. That's not how it's supposed to be. In a little bit. The I mean, one I, seed. yeah. Well, I mean, they 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 plucked their way to the one seed. But by the way, Jimmy Butler in Game One of this Eastern Conference Finals. Did you did you watch that game at all? Because yeah. he was he like could not miss. And Jimmy Butler, I swear, is not nearly as good as he looks. But he was phenomenal. Uh, in that game one, just I think he had like forty points, almost had a triple double. Um, game three, the bull, the the Bulls. I'm playing two K with the Bulls right now. Uh, the Heat, the same color scheme too. Uh, and I'm actually playing against the Trailblazers, so a bunch of black and red. But uh, the Bull, I just did it again. The Heat had about I think three guys who had four four steals in game three, and another guy with three. They had nineteen steals as a team in game three. Uh, I I really really want this team to win because they're not supposed to. It's Kyle Lowry and Victor Oladipo and some guy named Struess and I I don't know, but they're not supposed to win. They they like to muck the game up. They're 
hardworking and scrappy and uh, and I a couple things. Um, I do not think that they will beat Golden State because I just think Golden State, their running and gunning style of play is just too lethal. And also, it's they have such a home court advantage. Because, <coughs> excuse me, they have such a home court advantage because when they nail a three, which is often that that play, yes, that place erupts entirely, and it is. It's demoralizing for me as a fan when I see that. And I'm just like, oh, this other team, whoever they are, has zero. Now, the Mavericks, they have zero chance of defeating this team. But they are – it is like – it's like uh, – it just steals your breath away, steals your life away when I, – I imagine. I, I, I don't know. I've, I've never, I've never I, played. I, I can personally confirm. You, you can confirm. It just sucks the life right out of you. When you're trying to put a little bit of a run together and then they get hot and they're running around, they do such a good job of moving without the ball in their hands. It is, it makes them so lethal. And I, I don't think that the Heat are going to be able to beat them. But my last point on this is that Eric Spolstra got his first big break in the NBA by basically babysitting the Heatles, as we've just described. And now he's gotten to the point where he's done a really, really good job at finding a way to maximize almost every single player on that roster and make them better than they probably otherwise would be. So I do find it to be very impressive how he's got that transformation, given that he was born on third base. Yeah. uh, By the way, the Heat have only outscored the Boston in two quarters this series, and they're up two games to one. That's I think that's just how they pull that off. Well, one in game one, Boston jumped out to that huge lead, and then Miami went on like a twenty-five to two run in the second quarter. Uh, and then game three, Boston turned the ball over twenty-four times. So, and Jason Tatum was horrendous in game three. So somehow, and I, it's got to be even more frustrating because. Miami was without Jimmy Butler in the second half of last game, and they still couldn't beat him. Yeah, seriously. That I was. Well, I that's was, what the that's what the Warriors do, man. They, the Warriors go through these stretches where they just kill you, and it typically happens in the third quarter. quarter. So, yeah. I don't, maybe the Heat, maybe the Heat are right in line with that. Maybe they have a shot. Yeah, I was personally rooting for Miami Dallas just because that'd be part awesome. three. Except, yeah, part three. The first the first time it was. Dwayne Wade and Kobe versus Dirk and Jason Perry, I guess. Dwayne Wade and, then, and Shaq. That's what's Dwayne, Dwayne Wade, Shaq versus Dirk and Jason Terry. Second time it was LeBron and Dwayne Wade versus Dirk and Jason Terry. And this time it would be Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry versus Luka Doncic and Spencer Dinwiddie. I, I guess. <laughs> Not Porzingis because he got booted off the island. Who did? Uh, okay. Porzingis. Oh yeah, that's right. How in the world are they better without him than they are with him? I don't even think Dallas is better. I think they're just getting lucky because they they really have it? three players that can score: Jalen Brunson, Dinwiddie, and uh, Doncic. Everyone else kind of sucked, and they just kind of been vibing through the playoffs. And the Suns kind of destroyed themselves, if you think about it. Yeah, the Suns. That was awesome. 
I love their horrible performance. Well, I don't know, man. Is is Scott Foster around? Is, is the ghost of Scott Foster looming? He's repping tonight. Is he really? Well, yep. I don't know who that would favor. I would assume it would favor Boston. I I don't have a clue. All I know is who's a seven point favorite tonight. No, thank you. Seven points. I. You can pay me to, well. Well, Miami. So Lowry, Butler, Tyler Harrow, PJ Tucker, and Max Struess are all questionable. So that probably plays into it. Oh, well, if it's anything like fantasy football, if they're questionable, they're playing. So uh, I'm gonna. Know, that yeah, they're gonna suit up. I, I I took the total. The total is two hundred six. I took the over. The overs hit it all three games of the series. That's a hmm, that's very interesting. Uh, who was our team? Was it the Hawks who were like forty and one or something? <laughs> they were oh they finished the season one and forty three against the spread in games they lost. Oh, and then they finally covered on their final okay. Yeah, they covered in the final game their final game of the season. That is just a shame. That um, is a shame. That would have been an awesome streak to have. Also, you mentioned Jalen Brunson. I do want to point this out. The Los Angeles Lakers offer. This is according to Woj. They offered the well. They didn't offer, but they expressed interest. Although they may have offered, I don't know. Uh, I just want to avoid anybody beating me on a technicality here. So let's just go with what the tweet said. They expressed interest in Jawan Howard. By the way, former teammate of LeBron James, and Jawan mm-hmm. Howard intelligently turned them down. I am very happy to see that Jawan Howard took notes from his predecessor at Michigan, John Beeline, who, for whatever reason, decided that he was going to take it upon himself to kind of go, go revitalize the Cavs after LeBron left. Um, what a horrible decision he made, considering that he had just... I think he had just made it to the Final Four. Um, I think the championship game. Within, yeah, yeah uh, in 2018. So... Did, who was the did Ty Lue leave the Cavs when LeBron did? He got fired like five games into the season, I think, the year after. Oh, okay. Well, then. Okay, so within two years of the time that John Beeline took over the Cavs, he had made it to the championship game in 2018 with Mo Wagner and Duncan Robinson, and Jordan Poole was coming off the bench for that team. And uh, that Muhammad Ali guy that they had, they had Muhammad Ali. Yeah, they he had like two first names and two last names. It was like Muhammad Ali Abdurrahman or something like that. But his first name was Muhammad Dash Ali. Um, he had made the the national championship that year and then bolted for the NBA to go recover a bad team. Uh, no offense to you. But hey. I, I really like that Jawan Howard isn't going to do this, and I really hope Jay Wright is paying attention because I would hate uh, to see Jay Wright's legacy uh, be tarnished in any way whatsoever by him trying to attempt to prove himself in the NBA when I thought that he had completely mastered the college system considering that he was able to make it to the Final Four pretty consistently, make it to the tournament very consistently, uh, again, my asterisk on his resume is that all of his success really can't, except for one good tournament run back when they had Randy Foy on and Randy Foy and Kyle Lowry as their backcourt back in '05 or '06. Um, all of their all of his success has come ever since all the football schools left the Big East. But I would really, really hate to see him go try his hand 
at the NBA because I think that this is just a collapse waiting to happen. I know Billy Donovan has lasted a really long time in the NBA, but to what amount of success has he had? I I, I don't think that he was the coach of the Thunder when they had Kevin Durant. So I he that I, I he was for not. I don't believe the year they went to the finals, but he was there when Durant was there. All right, so he's at least made a conference finals, but I I really don't, and I don't like it in football either. Um, I know that Pete Carroll and Jimmy Johnson are the are the two that worked, but I really, really am not a fan of of successful college coaches going to the NBA. So I really hope I I I do like this at least that the Lakers were going for Jawan Howard. So maybe they won't even offer Jay Wright because I really want to keep Jay Wright away from this team uh, because I, I don't want to see them tarnish his legacy in any way. So Jay Wright, please pay attention. Jawan Howard, you're smart. John Beeline, you're not. Now, Jay Wright's going to coach the 76ers when Doc Rivers goes to the Lakers. That would be awfully fitting. Um, by the way, when did Doc Rivers become this guy who just – like is all about himself, and every time he's in front of a microphone, like I need to, you know, all my all of the players who have ever played for me, forget about them. Uh, just I need to save my own legacy with this reporter right now. I don't know what happened, but he's yeah, he, he, he he's always throwing players under the when James Harden was like there, he was there for like a week, and yeah. he was, and uh, someone asked him. Uh, like, hey, you know, your bench only scored however many points today. Uh, do you think that some you'd want to get that number improved over the next few games? And he's like, well, you know what? When uh, when James is getting as many shots as he is, it's kind of hard for the bench to get their shots. And just like, what happened to this guy? He's he's going to war with everybody. He, he is all about himself. Yeah, and it's all it's very funny that he just loses often. He doesn't win very much. Yeah, dude. People are asking him questions. He he'll go down. Oh, let's see. What was this series? Because people started asking him questions already about like, what if you blow a lead or what if? I think it was um. I think they went up three one, or they went up three zero against Toronto in the opening round, and then lost the game. And then I think people immediately started asking him questions like, "What are you going to do if you lose this series?" Because he's just notorious for blowing hugely. I think he's blown four three-one leads or something yeah. like that in his playoff career as a coach. Um, I know he's done it. I know he did it at least once with the Clippers. And uh, the famous story of how he wouldn't let Tim Duncan's family hang out on the team playing. So yeah. Tim Duncan never came to Orlando because of it. He's blown a three-one lead three times. First with the Magic in '03 against the Pistons. Then with the Clippers, or he did it twice with the Clippers, against Houston, and then against Denver in 2020. Oh, yeah, because that's right. Denver came back from 3-1 in both the first two series in the bubble. Oh, the the Jazz series. The Jazz were going to be a good team, too. No, they beat um, they beat uh, the Clippers, and then they beat uh, the – oh, yeah, no, the Clippers and the Jazz. Yeah, Jazz were opening round. That was a four-five matchup. I want to say that's right because I forgot Doc Rivers coached the Clippers. Wait, but but that hold on, that can't be because the Clippers were the two seed in the bubble. The because they beat the Mavericks, who were the seven. Uh, by the way, I would like to congratulate Luka Doncic on his first year of winning a playoff series. I 
I have to throw that out there again to remind everybody. Uh, I know that everybody's wanted to call him like the the future goat, um, but it, is. this is his first year. Um, but I guess that the Jazz because okay, Lakers. Yeah, that would have had to have been a three six. I don't know who the four five would have been, but the Lakers. Oh, the the four five must have been the Rockets because the Lakers beat the Trailblazers in the opening round. That was just a, a blow by. And the year before, those two had faced off in the Western Conference Finals, but they destroyed the Trailblazers. I, I'm pretty sure the Trailblazers won Game One, and then Skid Bayless said the Blazers are winning the series. Um, That's what Charles Barkley said. That well. I'm sure yeah. Skip Bayless said the same exact thing. I'm sure he predicted it before game one. Oh, um, maybe. They could have played anybody and he would have predicted them to beat the Lakers. Yeah. Then the next round, they played the James Harden-Russell Westbrook Rockets, which... That's right. Um, which they lost game one as that one as well. Yes. And, th- and then after that, just James Harden-Russell Westbrook forgot how to coexist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but man, COVID killed Russell Westbrook. That was actually Russell Westbrook's had a lot of horrible PR in the past like seven seasons because he's he's going he's attacking he's going after fans he's always he's picking fights he's he's shooting off the side of the backboard. But between January first at the start of the new year in 2020 and up to the point where COVID stopped, Russell or COVID started, I should say, in mid March. Russell Westbrook was the NBA's leading scorer. He was doing really well. And, um, I mean, they only had like a handful of games left in the season. So it's not like, it's, it's not like all of a sudden he was going to lead them to the one seed or anything like that. But, and then TJ Warren, remember how he was Michael Jordan in the bubble? That's right. He was. <laughs> For the Indiana now Pacers. Yeah, yeah. Now he's, uh, no one knows about him. Yeah. What a wild playoffs. I love it. I love it. Walkie choked. Yeah, everyone was talking about how Kevin Durant's the giant. Well, I mean, Kevin Durant did play horribly in that series, but then the Celtics go and beat the Bucks because all the people were saying, you know, well, you know, KD is clearly not the best player in the world. Giannis is the best player in the world, and then the Celtics just do the same thing. Miami beat Milwaukee that year. Oh, I thought we were talking about this year. My bad. But oh yeah, Giannis. Oh, that was. There were some theories about that, but. <laughs> The the Celtics made it to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Heat. Yep. Um, I don't remember anything about the East. I remember the Suns. Uh, they went eight and zero in their final eight games, but still didn't qualify. But yeah, everyone's like, you know what? Monty Williams is the greatest coach ever. Yeah, it didn't seem fair that they could go eight and zero and just not make the playoffs. Well, they had to still be alive because mathematically they were they still were, in it, yeah. but it was basically like they had to win every one of their games and everyone else had to lose. Which is almost impossible. Oh, j- just about. <laughs> I probably would have declined an invite. Like, why would I want to go spend time in Orlando just to not to play ups? Yeah, and then Lou Will got sus- he uh, got suspended for a couple days yeah. because he went to Atlanta to go get some chicken wings or something. Yeah, something like that. Something <laughs> Bubble was just all sorts of crazy. It was oddly awesome watching it, though. Yeah, J- Jimmy Butler was charging people $20 for a cup of coffee. Yeah. And then hanging out with Rachel Nichols on the side. Oh, brother. <laughs> um, so which other home-and-home uh, home series have you enjoyed in your life? Uh, yeah. Um, 
like I said, I don't remember the last time Ohio State what swept a home and home. I'm trying to think. Well, which ones, have, which ones have they split aside from Oklahoma, USC and Miami? Miami. Yeah. Well, USC would probably be the last time they got it. Um, like, what about the early 2010s? Who were they playing? Virginia Tech, they split. Um, oh, my gosh. I forgot that they lost to Virginia Tech the championship year. Yeah, they certainly did. People were calling for JT Barrett to be in prison after that one. Uh huh. It was a game before they played Navy in Baltimore, and they sucked in that game, too. I'm surprised he didn't get benched because he. That was only his second game. That was like the CJ Stroud game against Oregon. Oh, brother. Because it was his second game of it. Well, I mean, JT was a true freshman, if I'm not mistaken. Mm hmm. Because Braxton was supposed to start, and then he, he like, I don't know, his elbow fell off or something? He injured his shoulder against Clemson in the Orange Bowl, and then he injured it. He re-injured that same shoulder in spring practice. And then he He was out for the year. Couldn't throw anymore, basically. Yeah. Well, then then he came back. Then, yeah, he was out for the year. Then he came back the next year because – yeah, and then was like a slot receiver. That's when he hit the, the spin cycle. Did you ever see that yeah. video where it's like, like when he planted his foot, like lightning struck and he disappeared, and then like lightning struck again and it like replaced him like back like five yards ahead of the defense. Just, I don't right. know. That was like a, that was like a sick edit that somebody put on that spin play, um, where he spun off somebody and then ran for a long touchdown. Michael Thomas had a really. Michael Thomas had a really good touchdown in that play, too. Yes, he, he did. He hit some, like, stutter step, and the defensive back was so lost. Oh, yeah, he did. Then he ran right by him like it was nothing. Who else has Ohio State played, though? I feel like they played – they split with Texas when I was younger. All right. Uh, let's do 2013 Ohio State football schedule. Let's just – I just picked a random year. They played Cal that year. I know that. Yeah. Um Oh, yeah, they did do a little home and home with them. Um, let's do. Man, were there any good SEC ones? I know that uh, Tennessee and Cal had a home and home. Tennessee, o- Oklahoma had one recently. Yes. Um, oh, my gosh, dude. LSU, oh, Texas. The, the, uh, yeah, except the second one of that game, the uh, one that was supposed to be at LSU got canceled because they, for the yeah. COVID season, they only did conference games. But the uh, the Oklahoma comeback in 2015, the, Ooh, yeah. uh, 2015 Oklahoma Tennessee also on my YouTube channel. If any of you care, I don't expect you to, but just for the sake of conversation, that was a phenomenal game. That was that was Alvin Kamara and Jalen Hurd. Jalen Hurd is a name that people completely forget. Who was awesome at Tennessee. And then Alvin Kamara took his job, and then he went and went, turned into a wide receiver at Baylor because he was a 6'4 running back. I like how you have Caleb Williams' low lights on, on here. <laughs> oh, I, I was feeling toxic that day. I, uh, she had I, two I, videos of Michael Mayer highlights. Yeah, I was feeling good. Um, by the way, I have, a, I have an issue with Bengals fans uh, because some Bengals fans who are also Cincinnati Bearcats fans 
take every chance that they get to make fun of Notre Dame for losing that game. Yet all I ever hear from Bengals fans is, oh, Michael Mayer is going to look great in a Bengals uniform next year. You can't have both. You can't trash us and then want our players. I refuse. Yes, we can. Oh, no, you can Oh, who's we? Oh, who, who is Me. we? I'm we. Yeah, all like everybody. Notre Dame, Notre Dame and Clemson have had some good games, though. I know it's not, they're technically not out of conference. Oh, the, because dude, they kind of have an agreement. 20, 2015 was brutal because we had, first of all, it was raining. It was Deshaun Kaiser's second start because Malik Zaire started that year and then destroyed his knee. But we were down 21 to 3 in that game and came back and lost 24 to 22. And Corey Robinson, who is David Robinson's son and was a 6'6 receiver for us, blew that game entirely because he dropped a touchdown and a two-point conversion, and we ended up losing by two. Also, huh. on, a, on the game tying to – and we also – it was raining that day, and we had about seven or eight drops. Deshaun Kaiser had zero help, and we had a really good receiving core. We had Will Fuller. Corey Robinson and Torrey Hunter Jr. We were we were good, but it was a game. We were lining up for a game tying two point conversion down two points, and Brian Kelly draws up this QB sweep to the right that gets stuffed at the line of scrimmage, <laughs> and I have never been so demoralized in my life, just completely lost as to why that was our play call. But man, I'm uh, I'm watching this Tennessee Oklahoma game now. I love Tennessee Stadium, but they do the checkered. Yeah, they got some. They got white and they got orange. Baker yeah. Mayfield was awful, 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 awful in the first half, but he was lights out in the second half. And Sterling Shepard made this one catch along the sideline where he was like hovering out of bounds. Oh my gosh, the the second half of this game was so incredible. I oh you know, my gosh, you know what game you need to cut a highlight tape of is Oklahoma and Texas A&M. Um, let me... Or uh, Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Yeah. The uh, the 2016? Yep. Well, that highlight tape that highlight tape will be about 45 minutes because there was there were there were plenty of touchdowns. Look at that box score now. Man, oh man. A game that I was actually going to watch at some point in time, um, there are two... Well, I mean, there are many that I have on the docket. Um, haven't watched one in a while, but if I did, um, two of the, two two Big 12 games. Um, I remember neither of these, by the way, but there was one that was... Evidently, they were both uh, TCU games. It was TCU and Baylor. They played like an opening night game in RG3's Heisman year. It was like fifty to forty-eight or something. Um, uh, I don't, I don't really like a, remember that one. I, I don't remember it either. But I, I saw that one time, so I'll have to go back and watch. Um, oh, actually, another one—the Baylor Oklahoma game where RG three RG three threw that touchdown across the middle where it bounced off somebody's head oh, yeah. and then went. I got to go back and watch that. Um, by the way, th- those were the heyday of Baylor's uniforms, where they had yeah. the green and then the gold helmet. Now they have like. Some like hunter green and hunter green helmets. It they look awful now, but yeah, it's not great. N- not what it used to be. Uh, back in my day, Baylor's uniforms were amazing. But there was another Hedge one. Mahomes, it, Hedge Mahomes threw the ball eighty-eight times in that game. I'd still be icing my shoulder. Eighty-eight times but, completed, fifty-two for seven hundred thirty-four yards and five touchdowns. 
those those Big Twelve defenses. That's my fear, dude. With Jim Knowles, is that he's gonna lock up Notre Dame because I I know that we're not gonna be locking up Ohio State's receivers, mm-hmm. which is devastating. But he actually found a way to play good defense in the Big Twelve, which is scaring me for Week One this year. So I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, my phone's lose. gonna be floating in the Mississippi River. I'll tell you that. My, I, You'll be when, gonna lose. That's what you're gonna do. Uh, is probably gonna happen. So I'm, I'm already Man, looking want, ahead. Go ahead. The the best player in that game was Joe Mixon. Holy Christ! Joe Mixon was really good. He, yeah, he, was, he had 253, 263 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns, and he had 114 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. Okay, that's ridiculous. You know Pretty what? Pretty damn I, good. You know what I just heard is that Baker Mayfield. Was just handing the ball off and dinking and dunking the entire game. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, uh, very quiet, twenty-seven to thirty-six for five hundred forty-five yards and seven touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There, there very was a game. Quiet. There was a TCU Texas Tech game in twenty fifteen. I think TCU was a top three team in the country, and oh, it was yeah, Patrick Mahomes' fresh. Uh, it was his uh, his sophomore year. I think first year as a full time starter, and I think that he. Uh, I think they had a really good game. I, I saw somebody mention that that was one of the best games they've ever seen, so I have to watch that one at some uh, point. But best I think game we've ever seen. I don't know about all that. I'd have to. It's pretty. It's a good game. Yeah, they had a criminal Travon Boykin at quarterback. Who um, I think uh, I think he's behind bars as we speak. He, he might be. He might be listening to this podcast. <laughs> Hello, Trevon. Boy, Ken, let's see what he's up to. Top five Heisman finalist at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Let's see, let's see what the old Wikipedia page. Oh, service is not available. Why is Ooh. that? Um, ooh, Can't have Wikipedia go down. Gets prison for beating woman. Okay, um, that's all I need to know. Prison. Man, he's, oh man, he's, he's, he's wearing sixty-six to fifty-nine. He's wearing an orange jumpsuit right now. Speaking of orange, Tennessee's up ten nothing in this game. Josh Dobbs is Cleveland Brown. Josh Dobbs is carving up. Yes, right now. yes, he, he is a Brown. He's That's a. Right. You guys have a a stable of quarterbacks, I might say. Yeah, both quarterbacks in this game are currently on our roster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like how you specified and said currently on our roster. They currently are. Although Baker Mayfield did officially announce that he's not going to be at Browns OTAs this week. No, so, you know. man. I like how he had to make that announcement. Yeah, it wasn't in the Bahamas with the rest of the team over the weekend. Won't be at OTAs. Man, look at Tennessee. I need Tennessee to be good every year just so they fail every year because they're never going to win ever again. Well, dude, they uh, with this recruiting that they're stealing away from Notre Dame and Ohio State, they might uh, yeah, oh yeah, we gotta they, get to they might be. Although Texas A and M stole one of their big recruits, um, one of the top three players in the country was a defensive tackle uh, around Knoxville named Walter Nolan, and it was like Georgia, Texas A and M, and Tennessee, and uh, the Tennessee folk were absolutely sure he was staying home, and uh, he had other plans. He decided to go to Texas A and M. Mm. Yeah, Carnell Tate is currently 60.3% to Tennessee, 31.1% to Ohio State. Mm. Oh, Georgia. Georgia is now 40% for Arch Manning. 
they're now only 6% behind Texas. Ooh, okay. Um, so it sounds like Alabama's not going to get him. They are 12.7%. Well, Alabama doesn't pay their players, you see. Uh, yes, so the, the NIL does not exist in right Tuscaloosa. Yeah. yeah. I kind of want Nick – there's going to be two options here with the Nick Saban thing, which has happened. One, his time is done, and he's going to be like Coach K, and he's like, well, I can't just – I just can't do this. I can't have the players making money, so he's going to dip as the greatest of all time because he's already cemented that. Or two, he's going to be like, all right, I'll play by the rules. Arch Manning, here's $75 million to go be our quarterback. That would be the most spiteful thing ever. So here, awesome. here's, my, here's my fear. My fear is that Nick Saban will not be the head coach when Alabama plays Ohio State and Ohio State's actually going to win. Uh, because, no, he'll probably be dead. Well, he I think he could make it. I think he could. By the way, how tall do you think Nick Saban is? Three. You were a lot closer than I would have guessed. He's five foot six. Short king. Yeah, he just walks in the room and commands the room as a bit of a Napoleon, I must say. Mm-hmm. Let me uh let me make sure that I got this. What do you got? Because I thought of a trivia question. Ooh. And I um I want to confirm that it's true because I don't. I, the way that I would be asking the question right now is um, a bit off the cuff. Um, I want to. I want to phrase it as specifically as possible to avoid confusion. Um, let me figure out. Because I remember a story being a certain way. And I just want to make sure that that's actually how it went and not just me misremembering history. Let's see. Scrolling through recruiting rankings here. Oh, yeah, Jordan Addison went to USC. Oh, my gosh, dude. I, I, I've actually – I've put this on the record with my friends, and I would like to put it out there on the record to our, our listeners. Um if Ohio State and USC play in the college football playoffs, I will be rooting for Ohio State. There you go. I hate USC. And I really hate that they turn into just some free agency destination. And I also, I also really hate that they have one of the easiest schedules of all time this season. Um, Notre Dame might be their only loss, and that's if they lose. Uh, there's yeah, a the really solid chance that USC runs the table. And as we all know, oh, uh, Ohio State also, uh, on any given year, has a really good chance to go undefeated. So um, I may be, you know what, I, I may be in a bind. I, I really might mm-hmm. be because I, I, might, I might be losing to both teams this year, which is the worst thing imaginable. So I, I, don't, know, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself, but I'm choosing – Ohio State over USC because Ohio State actually recruited most of its players and didn't just sign them as a bunch of free agents, uh, which USC has done. They're trying to turn this into the NFL. Um, I hate both, but I I'm currently hate USC a lot more. So my allegiance well, is out there. Athletes. Yes. Did you root for Ohio State in the 2017 Cotton Bowl? Um, Probably the worst game of all time. <laughs> 
I think I actually somewhat did, although I didn't. Enjoy, I didn't enjoy rooting for them. But that was back when um, Colin Coward was all high and mighty about how you know don't worry about Sam Darnold's turnovers. He's still the best quarterback prospect we've re- we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of wanted Ohio State to win just to spite Sam Darnold and go figure. I'm pretty sure he had two turnovers in that game, including a pick six. Yeah, Sam. That was the first time I was out on Sam Darnold. Um, so it was always between. I honestly didn't care who they took. The Browns took that year. I I wanted them to take Mayfield. Well, I I preferred them to take Mayfield or Josh Rosen, but everyone was saying Darnold. I'm like, okay. And then I kept watching Sam Darnold. I'm like, wait, he's just not good. And then the Cotton Bowl happened. He's like, oh, he's he's just bad. He's not good at this. No, thank you. Yeah, I. I don't know, man, but it was uh, that was such a tough spot for me to be in because oh, it was Sam Donald who I could not root for, at, uh, not at all. Um, not that I, w- I was also an Ohio State season ticket holder. Not that I was rooting for Ohio State, but I was just appreciating good college football. Uh, that was my stance that season, and so that was my my reasoning for selecting Ohio State. Now. Uh, it's a completely different reason. It has nothing to do with trying to spite national media members, although um, th- that's just... Well, you know what? Colin Coward is going back on the USC trail, and he keeps oh, he's yes, posting he videos on his Instagram page with uh, him wearing like a USC polo and stuff like that. So I guess that is um, finding its way back into the mix, but uh, USC is currently number one on my hate list. Um, mm. Ohio State. Now, if Ohio State and USC play, plays off in the national championship, I am in huge trouble emotionally. I am. Oh yeah. I, I and of course I have to watch the game and I have to watch it in its entirety because that's just the kind of college football fan I am. Even when it, even when it's brutal, I gotta watch. But I um. Oh man, that was a tough situation. But it's actually pretty realistic because do do we know does does Ohio State have a I assume just because the Big Ten is just typically inferior to Ohio State anyway. But outside of Notre Dame, is it pretty much going to be a same old, same old, you know, just blow through the Big Ten and win the conference this year? Um, Unless Michigan is as good as they were last year, and I don't think they will be. They only lost one offensive lineman to the draft, which is something that I was really paying attention to. Um, yeah, but they because, lost practically their whole defense. Uh, well, yeah, that's um, and what their leading rusher. Uh, well, yeah, but Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards are both really, really, really good. So they're going to be fine running the football. Although, yes, against Ohio State, Hassan Haskins was the the standalone guy. Yes, yes, he was. But they are. Uh, they will be just fine with those two. And then, hey, they got a third running back named J.J. McCarthy who will go out there. Oh, yeah, um, they still have to do the Cade, pretend that Cade McNamara is their quarterback. Yeah, and um, it's a good thing that he only has one more year of eligibility because uh, if there was any thought whatsoever last year that Cade McNamara was going to return as the starter, then J.J. McCarthy would not have been at Michigan either last year nor this year. Yes. Yeah, I think last year just everything went right for Michigan and they had the defense because they weren't – if they didn't have that defense, they – obviously. 
Uh, also, I would just like to say um, it's a good thing I did my research on this because right now, uh, as it currently stands, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's looking like I would have had made up history as a part of my trivia Ooh. question. Um, I just want to make absolutely sure on this. Um, yeah, okay. So here's the question I would have asked. Okay. I just I'm doing some reading, and this was technically not true, or at least, maybe it was true, but I just can't find it. But the way that I remembered it, my question would have been: so obviously in the 2004 NFL draft. Eli Manning held out against the Chargers until they made it uh, made them trade him to another team. Which 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 quarterback in the within the ten years prior to Eli Manning also told the Chargers that he wouldn't have played them? This was not true, but which my hey, question man. would have been: which quarterback within the ten years prior to Eli also would have held out for the San Diego Chargers if they drafted him? Peyton? Uh, no, I thought it was Michael Vick, but it turns out that they just traded the pick because they were scared that he, I don't know, they, they weren't convinced that he was going to save the franchise. So, um, actually a really interesting trade in 2001. It was the day before the draft. They traded him for the number five pick and probably some later picks. But the the Falcons drafted... Michael Vick that year, and then the Chargers drafted Ladanian Tomlinson fifth overall, and then with the first pick in the second round, the Chargers ended up drafting uh, Drew Brees. So quite the draft for the Chargers that year. Yeah, pretty but, good. Uh, it didn't work out because they didn't win shit. But no, um, but it's okay because Philip Rivers was a Pro Bowler in his first year there after Drew Brees left, and then Drew Brees was almost a was almost the MVP of the league. But I got I got to come up with a third trivia question here because I got okay. I got two. I think two of them are one of them. I think is really I think it's a really challenging question, but it's one that I think you might actually know possibly. Mm. It's it's a question very specific to you. I would never ask anybody else this question, but it's specific to you. But there, there's a you have you have to name multiple names and you have to put it all together. So it's gonna be a tough okay. one. Well, you want me to ask my first question right, then? So. Um, I, yeah, you go first because I still have to come up with a third one. So okay. you ask first and I'll come up with something. Uh, speaking of Nick Saban, that's the question. Name the three teams. Nick Saban has only played three teams in the SEC championship game. Name all three of them. Okay. Um, shoot. Well, you said outside of Georgia? No, just all three of them. Okay, well, Georgia. Um, yes. Fl- Florida, he played Tim Tebow. And, and also just Kyle Trask and all those guys. Okay. Um, I actually do know the answer to this. Uh, 2014, they played Missouri. So I'm going to say Georgia, Florida, and Missouri. That's correct. Okay. All right. I will... Uh, I'll get this pulled up. Okay. And then, um, you know what? Let's ask this question. Actually, no. Let's do this one first. Okay. Uh, LeBron has won four MVPs. Name all four second-place finishers those four years. Oh, goodness. Okay, so Carmelo Anthony. 
because we discussed that how he stole the MVP vote away from LeBron in what was that 2013? So 2013 was Carmelo. And let's see, he won it. Did he win it four years in a row or two break and then two again? I will I, I will help you with that. It was two, then the famous Derrick Rose season, and then two again. Oh goodness, who can forget? <laughs> um, maybe. So he won it his last two years in Cleveland, and then his first two years with the Heat, or no, no, his middle of the years with the Heat. Man, this one's tough. Maybe Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, maybe one of those years. God damn, this one's tough. Okay, so Carmelo. I can only name Carmelo right now. <laughs> give me, give me two minutes to think on this. Are you, are you just going to guess that all four were Carmelo? Yes, all four were Carmelo, Anthony. Um, yeah. Derek Rose. <laughs> I... I'm going to say Carmelo Anthony, Paul Pierce, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I don't have a guess. I honestly don't know. Carmelo Anthony, final answer. <laughs> okay, 2009, uh, wait, we have, yeah, 9, 10, 12, 13, okay. 2009, the second place finisher was Kobe Bryant. Mm. And then 2010, 2012, and 2013, all three second place finishers were Kevin Durant. Ah. Carmelo Anthony was in third place despite the fact that he was the only other person with one uh, uh, second place vote. Well, God damn it. So it was Kobe and then Kevin Durant three times. All right. Anyway, scores one uh, to zero, and I think I'm down. Did you win trivia last week? No. I think you did. Oh, you didn't. All right, so it's eight Alonzo, to six. It's the Alonzo G disaster. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, eight, okay. it's eight to six. Name the last two teams that have been swept in the World Series. Oh boy. Um, gosh, the first name that came to my mind was uh, the Detroit Tigers when they lost to the Giants. Um, so I'll put them on hold for now. Uh, raising and oh man, working backwards is tough. Um, Giants and Royals weren't any sweeps. Um, uh, Cardinals and Rangers certainly was not a sweep. How about uh, Astros? Now Astros didn't sweep anybody. Um. They didn't get swept either. Raising get swept. I don't even know. Did the Astros? Astros didn't get swept, but I think they may have only won one game. So I'll say the Tigers. Oh, this is. I got. I got to. 
let's see if I can actually come up with these answers. Because the first two names that came to my head, when the Tigers got swept by the Giants and when the Rockies got swept by the Red Sox. But I can't promise that those were the most recent two. I know that they both got swept. Um, who would 2008 have been? They, man, the Yankees were somewhere in there all the time. Um, 2009. They played the Phillies. Uh, you know what? Um, Red Sox sweeping the Rockies and the Tigers getting swept. And you know what? I'll see if I can name the years. Um, I'll be fair. So 2012, Giants swept the Tigers. 2007, Red Sox swept the Rockies. Final answer. That is correct. Oh, my head, my head, my headphones fell out. Hold on. I, um, my knee knocked out my headphones. Okay, I'm back. That is correct. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Man, these baseball questions are harder than you think for me. I don't know yeah. why. My, um, I, I spent, I spent more time on NBA on Sporkle back in the day. So my NBA history is more pristine than baseball, but I've been watching baseball longer, so it should be better. So I, I should be able to. I'm, 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 this is helping me get back into it. Okay, this is the... Actually, I'll, I'll save that question for last. Here we go. In 2016, and the, I will help you jog your memory, this was your Mansfield year, because I know that this is a great... That's how you use your point of reference. Yeah. In 2016, there were three NFL QBs who threw for over 4,900 yards. One was Drew Brees. One was Matt Ryan, named the third. Say how many yards? In 2016, there were three quarterbacks who threw for more than 4,900 yards. One was Drew Brees, one was MVP Matt Ryan, and one was who else? Uh, 2016, this may have been Rob. No, not Rob. That was the year before. Oh, this this might be the year that Kirk Cousins went sicko mode on everyone. Did Kirk Cousins have a 5,000-yard passing season, or am I just making that up? <laughs> that, might, that had to have been the year that they went to the playoffs under Kirk Cousins, Washington did. Oh, no, you said Matt Ryan was the MVP, so no. Kirk Cousins had a year where he just went the hell off. It may have been his contract here. That's probably why he got so much money. Kirk Cousins. 100% correct. That's it. Was it 5,000 yards? Uh, it was 49 and some change. Hmm. But th- those three were like head and shoulders above. Like fourth place was like 4,400. Like those three were Damn. well above. Damn. I, um, I, I promise you this. I never in a million years, if that question were asked to me, Never would have gotten it. I knew Kirk Cousins went off. That's. I felt like and I like you were trying to trick me there. Like, no way you would get Kirk Cousins, but alas. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how it went. <laughs> you you saw through the logic and everything. Yeah. All right. In the history of the NBA, only two number one overall picks have been Canadian. Name them. Anthony Bennett. And Andrew Wiggins. God damn it. I didn't think you were going to get that one. <laughs> I, uh, I I know my UNLV Back-to-back running. Years. Yeah, I, I know my Cavaliers, man. Yeah, you're a Cavalier. Uh, that's right. That's right. 
Um, that's a clean sweep. All right, here we go. I, man, that's a that's a good day for me. All right, um, here you go. Uh, I, I won this one. It's gonna be the score's gonna be eight to seven, but I think you might have the most fun with this question. So Ooh. there's the the so all is not lost. Here we go. Okay. We have been recently been talking about the 2013 AL wild card game where the oh, Rays probably. blanked the Indians uh, by a score of four to zero. The Indians had six pitchers throw in that game. Name all of them. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> uh, well, I, there are a bunch of relievers, so you can just kind of pick the most common names if you need to reach for something. There were nine pitchers. Six pitchers. Oh, I thought you said nine. I was like, goodness. I may uh, have. Salazar started that game. Um, I don't know. Cody Allen. Two Joe for two. Smith. Three for three. Mark Zipchinski. Four for four. <laughs> Damn it. Um, Lewis, maybe? Who? Jensen Lewis. Ooh, no. Okay. Let's see what else we got. So I got four. Did I say Brian Shaw? No, you did not. Brian Shaw. Five out of six. I will say uh-huh. this the sixth guy was mostly a starter. Justin Masterson. Correct. You got oh, you got all six in only seven tries. If it wasn't Justin Masterson, it was going to be Zach McAllister. Oh, that'd have been a good guess too, based off what I said. I didn't even yeah. think about that. I'm surprised I didn't but, say him first. Oh, all right, hey, that was a good round of trivia. All right, we. Uh, I was worried that 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 may have been a little bit too difficult, but uh, do you know who started for Tampa Bay in that game? Because I do. Oh, uh, my, well, my first guess is going to be Matt Moore. No. Um, gosh, who who would they have had? Brandon? Oh, David Price. Alex Cobb. Ah, oh, yeah, he was he was decent. Um, may have made an All Star team. I'm not sure. I had, but um, Alex Cobb. I do I do know who he is. Left hander. Yes, I think he's I think he's still pitching. I think he's with San Francisco this year. You might be right about that. All right. Well, oh, man, I'm looking through this box score now. Be you. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh well, yeah. Pirates legend Lonnie Chisenhall led the team with three hits. He did? Yeah. Wow. Three out of four. I was about to say, there weren't many more than that. No. We had uh, Michael Brantley had a hit. Ryan Rayburn had a hit. And Carlos Santana had two hits. Wow! All right, so we uh, and then uh, how about those uh those top three? How about the top of the order? How they do? Uh, Michael Bourne went over four, two strikeouts. Is Drew Cabrera over <laughs> <0 for> four? <laughs> Jason uh, Kipnis. Yeah. Uh, Jan Gomes had two hits. Excuse me. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Jason Kipnis over four. <laughs> um, Nick Swisher over four, two strikeouts. Why was he even in that game? Somebody needed to play first. <laughs> hey, what about uh? Then what was Santana playing? DH. Oh yeah, that's true. He would have been playing first. I don't know. It doesn't say. I don't know why it doesn't say. 
Top 10 plays. Let's see what the top 10 plays are according to baseball reference. <clears throat> Number one, we have a double to left field by Desmond Jennings. Looney Ooh, scored. Fielder. Looney and Longoria scored. Number two, ooh, a double play. Would you know it? As Drupal Cabrera, ground ball double play, <laughs> short, to short the pitcher. Uh, number three, Delman Young, home run. Four, Lonnie Chisenhall, single to right, Gomes to third. Got something cooking there. Mm-hmm. Um, four, Michael Bourne, strikeout swinging. That's the number five. That's, play, a, that's, a, that's the fifth the best play of the game. Yeah. Uh, six, Jan Gomes, double to center field. Jason Kipnis, ground out to first. That's the seventh ring play in this game. Uh, <laughs> Nick Swisher, ground out, first baseman unassisted. He moved Lonnie Chisholm all the second, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, the number nine play in this game, a fly, ball, a fly out to center field by Michael Bourne. And then the number 10 play, a single to second baseman by Michael Brantley. Santana to third. How about that? Oh, exhilarating. God, what a terrible game. I can't believe I watched every pitch. <laughs> hey, well, it helped you out in a trivia question, let's see, nine years later. Mm. Remembering all those pitchers. God, I can't believe. I can't believe I watched that game. What a terrible game. The worst game of all time, I think, I've ever watched. Was Joe Smith... nothing went right. <laughs> Was Joe Smith a lefty reliever who used to play for the Angels? No, he's a right. He's a righty submarine pitcher. He's married to Ali LaForce. Huh. I had um. I wasn't sure if I knew who he was, but I'm sure I do. But uh, let's see who else. Who else were relievers around that time for the Indians? Let's see. We had Scott Atchison, grandfather. Oh, baby. He he um uh, he was there. They had C.C. Lee. Mm-hmm. I remember TJ House smart, was a... taking combining the two names of the last two <laughs> combine them together and see what happened. Exactly. There was uh, TJ House and Kyle Crockett, a couple lefties. Mm. Oh yeah. Um Chris that was just after Chris Perez's reign. That's right. Um Vinny Pastano. Vinny Pastano, that's right. Um we had a. Uh, uh, he lived in Columbus, I think. One one of my high school teammates like knew him because he uh, he was a Clipper, and I think uh, like his girlfriend was like neighbors with him or something like that. So they had bumped into each other a time or two. But Vinny Pastano, that's right. Oh, my goodness, most Italian name I've ever heard in my life. That's man, that cracks me up. But Blake Wood, oh, I don't Nick remember. Hagedon. Nick Hagedon, yes, lefty. He was the he was the number two lefty behind Zepchinski. Look at these starters, though. Ubaldo Jimenez. Yeah, Scott Casimir was around that time. McAllister, Kluber, Masterson, Salazar, Trevor Bauer, Carlos Carrasco. Carrasco, that's right. Is Andre is Andre not still doing the field reporting? Yes. My guy, Andre not. Is Bruce is, is Bruce Drennan still doing the post game? No, he just retired. Oh no, he's not he's not calling people losers on his show no, anymore. 
He never. He didn't do post game. He just had his own show uh, on the network after the fact. Yeah, and he just he just retired. No man. Look at this starting. Let's look at this lineup. Good lord, Jason Giambi. Yes, he had a walk off against the White Sox. He had two walk offs against the White Sox that year. Um, what a what a legend. Drew Stubbs. Oh yes, um, Shinsu Chu. No, he wasn't there. Uh, Jan Gomes, Jose Ramirez. Yes. Kelly Shopik. Oh. John uh, McDonald. Trevor Crow was he an outfielder? Uh, not that year, but I know who you're talking about. Mark Reynolds. Yes, home run or bust, Mark Reynolds. And when Mike he hit a Wheeler. home run, that guy hit a home run 460 feet. He had 15 for Cleveland that year. Useful. Yeah, that's, that's production, baby. Impact. Yeah, listen to these strikeout totals. From 2008, in 2008, he struck out 204 times. 2009, he struck out 223 times. In 2010, he struck out 211 times. Bad. Very the bad. The next year was 196. He led the league in strikeouts in four straight years. <laughs> that sounds like Adam Dunn type stuff. In Hobby 1,600 Bayer. career games, he has struck out 1,900 times. Mm, that is actually horrible. <laughs> in 2010, he played 145 games. He hit 198. But he had an OBP of 320. Struck out 211 times, 32 home runs, 85 RBI. What was his OPS? Uh, 753. Oh, okay, that is bad. For some, for someone who hits as many home runs as he does, that's bad. 198 batting average, though. That's that's, <laughs> that's I don't know how he just keeps popping back in the lineup. Probably was he in Arizona that year? Yes. Probably yeah. the 32 home runs that kept him in the lineup. Yeah, also playing in a hitter's ballpark. Yeah. Goodness. All right. Well, we've had our fun. We're going to bust out of here. Um, We'll figure out a good day to do a podcast next week. Also, probably going to have to be earlier on in the week. Um, All right. Probably looking like a Monday or Tuesday. We could do either or. But um, uh, I got a wedding to go to this week, so Mm -hmm. I don't be out of commission. But we'll still be in tune with what's going on with the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs and as you know, any other news that finds its way down the sports turnpike, uh, we're gonna we're gonna pick it up and talk about it. So we'll be back next week yep. to entertain you guys, and we'll have another great round of trivia where I'll try to tie it up at eight. Currently, eight to seven. We will see you guys later. Peace.